Hey guys, it's that time of year again. Game of the year. Yay! Well, I need to sit in a room with these two for eight hours. Eight hours ish, probably. Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> when we finish recording these, Paul come back in, edit that. That'll be the exact down to the second time of <laughs> how long the podcasts are. Yeah, but it's, it's just going to sound weird. We're yeah. going to be stuck here for six hours. Six <laughs> hours. Seventy-three. Oh god! I'm gonna edit Microsoft Sam. Fucked up already. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is Clutch Free Gaming. In case you somehow didn't know and you clicked on us by accident, Uh, I am Kieran. I'll be hosting today, and I'm joined as always by Mike. Hello. And Paul. Hello. Uh, We're gonna try to get through roughly six categories each podcast because we wrote too many categories like we do every year. Yeah. Uh, So should we? Don't 100%, there should be around about four-ish video game podcasts, and then there'll be a board game podcast after that. Yeah, um, could be two board games, depending on how long it takes. There's a lot of board game categories this year as well, so yes, we'll see how long it all takes. Um, but yeah, it means there's going to be a lot of podcasts for you guys to listen to, so enjoy. Cool. Uh, coming from this one, we're going to do most disappointing game, best open world game, best re-release or remake... Best driving game, best odd mechanic, and best RPG game squared. Yes. Yes. So let's just jump right into them. Uh, most disappointing. Uh, oh, so the I guess the rules first. So it, we didn't actually talk about this before. We should have. Um, <laughs> yeah, the rules as uh, they have been. We have. Year, we choose one winner and two runners up. Yes. I think is what we've done every year. So. Yeah. Just to clarify for everyone else. Each category will have um, one winner, two runners up. Yeah, we didn't discuss before us whether we were changing that or not, so we're not changing it. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, so the nominees for most disappointing game of 2016. We have Tharsis for everything, I believe. It came out PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC. Yes, yeah. uh, the Division, again, PS4, PS3, uh, PS3, PS4, Xbox One and PC. Uh, Pokken Tournament for the Wii U and probably arcades or something as well. I don't know. Yeah. Atari Vault from the past. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> from the past. Uh, that was, was that PS4 PC. Oh, uh, just PC. Okay. Uh, Street Fighter Five again. That's PS4 and PC. Battleborn that was on everything except for Wii U. Um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst again. Everything except Wii U. Mafia Three. Everything except Wii U. Everything's just on everything this year, isn't it? Yeah. And No Man's Sky for PS4 and PC. So. Right, okay, so let's dive in. One of the... I think Paul put this on here. uh, uh, No Man's Sky. Yes. So, I... Straight up winner for me. I really liked No Man's Sky. See, I I really liked it as well. So No Man's Sky ended up being exactly what I expected it to be. See, and I bought into the hype, and it ended up being the most disappointing. I just paid attention to what they said. Yeah, I kind of did the same. <laughs> so I, I, I bought into the hype, and it was sorely disappointing. Um, the I, I don't want to say lack of content because it didn't lack in content, but lack of variation. In yeah, that and no, how sparse, yeah. like how sparse the yeah. planets were. I wasn't disappointed with that stuff just because I kind of expected that. I thought this is going to be a one of those survival games like on Steam that everyone is making now, except you're jumping from planet to planet. No, I, I actually just... enjoyed it way more than I thought it would. I yeah, I I really liked it and I want to jump back into it, but 
at the same time, it was sorely disappointing because of the sparseness. It's, it's essentially, it's a big, fancy version of Don't Starve. True. Yeah, but also the survival mechanics were very light. They weren't... Yeah, you weren't being punished patched, too much. Yeah, they have patched in heavier versions now, which I've not played. That I've only played the creative mode that they've added. Right. Um, which is really cool. Which may actually be really cool. Um, the beast building shouldn't work, but it is actually really good. Um, I, I guess I'm adding it for everyone out there who was disappointed by it. Yeah. Yeah, all right. There was enough. a lot of people disappointed by it, and I thought it needed to be in this category, if only because there were so many people disappointed I'm fine by with it. keeping it for now, if only because I think there's other stuff in here that will go first. <coughs> right, yeah. Um, like, for example, I don't know if Battleborn necessarily belongs to this list, because I don't think any of us were expecting anything from it. No. No, no. I think, I mean, we all liked Borderlands to some degree, but I don't yes. think any of us were expecting this to be another Borderlands. No. no I think I'm everything pre-release looked bad. Yeah, it just it didn't look like it had much. There was too much hype, and then it was one of the weird things, though, because they they had all this hype, and then I don't think there was any actual real hype. I think the people, the only people who were hyped for Battleborn, were the Gearbox developers yeah, and PR no, team. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I'm getting at, though. Yeah. Is they yeah. tried to create this hype, and they were like, "Oh, the game's going to be great. The game's going to be great," and then they they would show us stuff, and you would go. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> the the fact that it was, that it turned out the way that it is, and you can now pick up a coffee for like a fiver, isn't all that big a deal. No, no it, it it was kind of expected from as I think as far as we're concerned. Yeah, um, I think so as well. It's, it feels to me like the same thing as Evolve last year, where they tried to make it an esport mm-hmm. before they released the game. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. it could be the big esport game of the year, and it's like you can't do that. Things become esports when <clears throat> naturally. Yeah, naturally, you can't just say this is going to be an esport. Everyone's into esports. Play this. It's an esport. Uh-huh. And then it's like, nah, we're going to play Rocket League and Call of Duty. And <laughs> yeah, you you can't develop an esport. Yeah. You not. develop you develop a naturally good multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and and then it becomes one. And yeah, so I'm gonna take Battleborn off this just because none of us were expecting anything yeah. from it. Yeah. Um, and so what we still got here? Uh, so let's talk about Atari Vault. Uh, so that was a game that I had reviewed for the website, and um, yeah, it was disappointing. The we're living in a time where you've got all these games coming out and we've got ports coming out, re-releases yeah. and things like that and we just expect them to work Atari Vault had all this stuff and it was, oh, some of them work um, some of them don't but hey, it's so many games, you can't blame us well, actually, yes, I can fucking blame you for that <laughs> don't release the ones that don't work yeah, yeah. Um, or delay the game yeah, make um, sure everything in your package works like, yeah. I mean, we got Rare Replay last year which had, again, the crazy amount of games in it all from a variety of different game systems. Like, yeah. these guys are emulating just the one type of arcade stuff, yeah. right? Well, um, they're, they're emulating the arcade. It was weird because the arcade stuff, the, mm-hmm. the old Atari arcade stuff, was fine. It works perfectly. It was the Atari 2600 stuff. Mm. Okay, so I guess it's, it's a similar situation to Rare when they're emulating different systems and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, games that came out and in their peak in the 80s. Yeah. 
you know. Um, Modern PCs should run them easily. You can run yeah. them easily. Like you can get an emulator, well, download all this stuff this, from the archive. The, yeah, this well, is the other thing. If you go to, I think it's the, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred archive. Yeah, and um, there's a archive.org, the the national one that is allowed to. Yes, and you can actually play the games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can play every single one of the games. I went back and because the ones that I had a problem with, I went back into the archive, and I loaded them up and I could play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's just their emulation for some reason. Yeah, it was just a poor. Yeah, yeah. So does it? Is it one of the biggest disappointments out of the lot? No, it's shoddy workmanship. But yeah, <laughs> whether it's disappointing. I mean, bad things come out in Steam every day. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. So far, but so yeah, I we can remove. I'd be happy to remove that if we've got things that yeah. are stronger, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll remove it now. We can add it back on it. Yeah. Something else doesn't, if we didn't remove that. I think the vision should stay on here. Just because I was super excited for the vision before it came out. I, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, I was, I was looking See, forward to it as well. I'm the opposite this mm-hmm. way around. I'm the same way you guys were with No Man's Sky. I got what I expected yeah. in the division. Like for me, it, it was. Not necessarily at this point with like the game design or anything like that. It was I played the beta of the division and loved the Dark Zone stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was like I talked about the podcast a bunch. It was the stuff I really loved about it. I was super excited about that game. Pre ordered at the moment I finished playing that beta because that Dark Zone stuff was so much fun. And then when I played the full game, that stuff just didn't scale. It didn't work in the full game. It didn't I don't know, they patched it a lot since then, so whatever, they seem maybe it's good now. Yeah. But it also seems like they took a lot of the focus off of it because they realised it didn't really work very well. A lot of the more recent DLCs stuff like that have been taking the focus away from that as an end game thing. Yeah. And it's that thing where it only felt like it was good at the end game. If you tried to go into the Dark Zone at any point before you finished the game, it scaled level wise. You'd either join in one that had no players in it or had players that were too high level for you and just killed you instantly. Yeah. yeah. So that was what disappointed me. Was that thing like that was such a good like part of that game in the beta that they just couldn't figure out a way to make work mm-hmm. in the real game. So if they'd have made that kind of come out as a standalone, you'd have been okay with it? Yeah, probably. That would have been great. I'd buy a full game of that. Um, I think it's should stay for now at least. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have it, but I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah. flip side of No Man's Sky for that one for me. I got what I expected. Yeah. That's not cool. Excellent. Um, well, Mike, I know you really didn't like Tharsis. Oh, Tharsis was... Yeah, that was really disappointing. It's I I love the the entire idea of it. So you've got this this survival horror game, and it's it's a board game. It's a digital representation of a board game, and it took everything and fell into every possible trap that it could. Um, and unrealistic AI. It was just it was bad. It, I was really disappointed. I, I was looking forward to it. Um, there was quite a load of people on the mm-hmm. on the site that were looking forward to it as well, and same thing. It just failed to deliver. Um, yeah. It is. It needs to stay. I think it's if it's not the most disappointing game of this year, then it's top three. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's this. Uh, I didn't play it. I watched a bunch of it, and I watched a bunch of it. And it came out thinking, man, this could be real cool, and then. Then everyone actually started playing it and were like, no, the things you think are good over this are not good. It's more disappointing with the fact that it has such cool ideas in it. Like, 
Yeah, that idea of a game where you're, you know, fulfilled on a Tharsis is basically you're rolling dice to save parts of your ship from random events yep. that are happening. But it ends up just too many levels of randomness. Yes. Um, but you can do things like you can cannibalize one of your dudes to get more dice for a go and stuff like that. And it's like you have to feed people every turn, basically. Yeah. And you can cannibalize your own crew to be able to get more dice. And it's a cool idea. And, yeah, the fact that none of it worked out is disappointing. Yeah, um, it would it would actually be nice to see the whole Tharsis thing taken and given to a board game designer. Yeah. And either turned into a proper board game or the good bits taken and put in something else. Or, or just you know given it to yeah give it to somebody that knows how to make a board game and yeah. then try and turn it back into a video game. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay, you can keep it there. Uh, Mafia 3, talk about that. Um, I Who put it there? <laughs> I think it might be me, because I, I finished Mafia 3, and I did enjoy my time with it, but at this point in that, like, I really loved the first two Mafia games. Yeah, both um, great. They had shortcomings, where they had this big open world that you could drive through to go to missions, stuff like that, but you never had anything to do in the open world. It was just there to drive through. Um, Mafia 3 went too far in the opposite direction where they're like we need to fix this there's too much stuff you need to use the open world but there's not exactly too much stuff there's too much stuff that you need to do con- to continue the story stuff that should have been side missions in the open world and it's like nah nah you have to go and do all this territory control stuff and it's like it's really repetitive and boring and it's made even more disappointed by the fact that the story stuff that is there is you know, simple but really well told. Like all that documentary style, so, you know, true crime structure is yeah. great. Nothing else has done anything as good as that in quite a long time. And you have to slog through all this shit to get to it. Yeah. Um, but also, I did also gen- end up enjoying it quite a lot, so I'm okay with taking it. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd quite happily take it off. Cause I don't think it sticks here with like Tharsis and the Division. No. Um, no, no. Um, I think, you know, we've kind of registered our, our disappointment with it in that, you know They're it's more confusing than anything <coughs> excuse me <laughs> more confusing than anything else because you've got this game that is brilliant in so many things it does so many things really well and then it just falls flat in its face when it comes to the yeah yeah with yeah. the open world yeah. so yeah I'm I'm happy to take it off. Cool. Um yeah, we still have games that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh Pokemon Tournament Super Five and Mirror's Edge. Uh, I did and Mike did it. Yes, yes. So, oh, right. um, I've not. So I played the demo of it. Yeah, I I played the demo and that was enough. I I played, I I played it the first time and I thought, right, okay, maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I need to play a couple of games. Yeah. So I played a few more games on the t- on the trot. Um, because what happens is you play is it two, two or three games and then it kicks you out and then you yeah. have to go back in. So I did okay. that a couple of times. <laughs> And it was just a missed opportunity. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's so much. Just again, there's like with Vision. There's bits of it, that, or like Mafia as well. There's bits of it that are really good. Like, yeah. yeah. I think the core fighting of it is actually pretty good. The graphics are really good, but then it's got all these weird things. Like, I really don't think the switching between the two different perspectives and having these two different styles of fighting game kind of just mashed into each other works very yeah. well yeah. Um, but I don't know if it goes on here for me just because I 
didn't expect much from it anyway. Um, um, versus me, um, I think. I think we should remove it because to judge the entire game based on the demo, demo, yeah, demo would be a bit. Yeah, like the full game might be really great. Yeah, but, I know there's definitely a lot of people that like that game. Yeah, I, I think tournament as well. you know to have that to have it in that category because of the demo is fair enough mm. because we were disappointed enough that we didn't buy the game. Yeah, that's true. But to you know judge the entire thing, game on the demo. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Street Fighter Five. I, Kieran, you you were disappointed with this one. I mean. Street Fighter has always been a pretty, you know, big fighting game series. It's arguably the biggest fighting game series. And it's always been relatively kind of, not necessarily accessible, but kind of relatively easy for most people to pick up. Like, it's kind of one of the good things about Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 got everyone into fighting games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Street Fighter 5 felt unfinished at launch. Like, I have always enjoyed jumping into Street Fighters for a bit and, you know, just mashing through the arcade mode and, you know, mashing buttons yeah. and not being very good at fighting games as I always am. Um, Street Fighter Five is one of the best playing Street Fighter games. Like, it is a great fighting game. Like, all of the mechanics are really good. But then everything else around it was just not finished. It's still not finished. It's It launched with, uh, like, barely any stages. Yeah. It launched without a story mode. It has an... Doesn't still doesn't have an arcade mode, um, and they just like didn't manage to finish a game. They released, it's like very clearly just wanted to get it out before their tournament stuff started this year, and so they're like, okay, get the stuff. Tournament people want it in, one v one fights online. That'll do. Kick out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it then was the just finish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they've been patching over the year and they added in a story mode which is kind of terrible but terrible in the way that you'd expect a Street Fighter story to be like the yeah. actual mode is fine but the um, um, but didn't they do this with 4? no Street Fighter 4 was a I mean they definitely made it better with like Super and Turbo and whatever but yeah. Street Fighter 4 based Street Fighter 4 was a full game it was a good I full game yeah. um, I'm happy yeah I'm happy to keep it on there for now I think it'll probably fall off just because I like I was disappointed with it but I'm also not super into fighting games in general like I buy a bunch of them and I yeah. like some of them but yeah. it's you know I didn't have super high hopes other than thinking no it's the new Street Fighter's out yeah. I, I really like Street Fighter sometimes so I'll pick it up and then I'm yeah. like oh I mean all three of us do that with fighting games we buy a lot of them but <laughs> we're not Play particularly not great at them yeah but I think we're taking it off because I think there's you know Maybe yeah. just looking at this, this, I think Tharsis is a lock. I personally think the Division is a lock, yeah. but I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, um, and then I think the well, other two in this list are yeah. fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I wouldn't have Mirror's Edge Catalyst on there. I liked Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I I gave it a decent score on the website. I can't remember what I gave it, but I'm pretty sure it was a decent <laughs> score. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I think I was disappointed with it because I don't know. I was just disappointed with it. It wasn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was more than his edge. Yeah. It it just didn't. The, the the amount of time that it took and the kind of promised different things and we never really got that. We just got 
more than that. Yeah, yeah. bog standard. Um, and it was that thing where, kind of the opposite of Mafia 3, where it had this big open world, and it's actually, like, we have an open world category that this is in. The world itself is fantastic. Like, it is one of the, I would say, one of the best designed open world games, because mm-hmm. or open world environments, because... To take the Mirage Edge Catalyst, like, really tight platforming levels yeah, yeah, and make an open world that feels like those tight platforming levels uh-huh. sounds impossible because, you know, platforming levels that are really good tend to be really linear kind of things that you can just get from point A to point yeah. B, jump over and do platforming puzzles, that kind of stuff. Um, Mirage Edge Catalyst manages to make it into a full open world that you can explore and there's a lot of little things to do in it but none of the things you do in it are any good they're all time trials they're all different variations of time trials there's yeah. thousands of variations of time trials in there and it all kind of falls flat it sucks and story missions are great and there's like five of them <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like not, it's not a long game either it's, um, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah I I think I really liked it, but I'm actually also fine with keeping it on here. Personally, I really enjoyed it, but I would also say I was more disappointed with it than the Mud Sky. But yeah, yeah um, I would flip flop the other yeah. way, but I'm, I'm probably going to get outvoted. This isn't a democracy, though. So no, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's why our podcast is so long because we just argue with each other. Um, I look if you. It depends how. How adamant you are that No Man's Sky needs to stay on here, Paul? I'm pretty damn adamant it does. Um, okay, I'm well, in that... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I would concede that. And, and, and what I'm doing is I'm banking for points <laughs> when you're on here. Put um, it this way, it yeah. was so disappointing that the developer literally went dark on social media. I don't think that's why they went dark. No. Th- they, they went dark because of the assholes on the internet. Yes. They went down because pe- they 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 were receiving death threats. Yeah, yeah, true. Like the overreaction to the the launch of that game is the most disappointing thing of this year. <laughs> like, yeah, the overreaction of gamers being like, "This game wasn't as good as I thought it would be." Let's fucking send death threats and stalk around outside the developers' offices. It's like, no, what the fuck? No, you move on with your life. Be a grown up. Yeah. I mean, they were... We're gamers, not growing <laughs> up. You never promised us... Go away. No but yes, yeah. I, I'm fine with keeping them as good yeah. here. Um, it, it's not going to be the winner. I'm quite happy for it to be a runner-up. Yeah, so I'll oh, let yeah, you yeah. two drift I, out between Star Citizen. Star Citizen, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm happy with the way that we actually have the stuff sitting on the list at the moment. The Star yeah. Citizen Division. Well, we're not ordering the nominees at the end, but yes, no, Star yeah. Citizen Division, No Man's Sky. Seems Star Citizen is the winner. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with that. So... Our most disappointing game of 2016 is Tharsis. Do not buy it. Don't buy it. Uh, <laughs> Just don't. I mean, maybe buy it if you're fine with something that's stupidly natural based. Um, and the runners-up are The Division and No Man's Sky. Congratulations, guys. You're all <laughs> disappointing. Um, I, also, I would say that No Man's Sky is a lot better with that new update. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. Not sure. um, but yes. Uh, best Open World is our next category. Yep. So... We've done this category a couple of times now, and the thing to remember for listeners is that we're not necessarily saying best open world game. 
although that will come into it, but generally we talk more about the world. world like, itself. we gave this to Mad Max last year, even though the game wasn't necessarily the best open world game. Yes, yeah, we yeah. just really liked that desert. Yeah. So that's kind of something to remember. So nominees are Mafia 3, No Man's Sky, uh, which is probably Worlds rather than Worlds. Yeah. Uh, Forza Horizon 3, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy Explorers, and The Division. Um, I would say we should probably take Final Fantasy Explorers off this list. Because that's not a real open world. <laughs> that's a no. bunch of interconnected little levels. No, <laughs> it's a real open world. It's open, there's nothing. <laughs> you it's can't. this space. <laughs> you can go and wander around it between missions, but there's nothing to do in it. There is nothing. But also, it's not really... It's not an open world in the sense that all of these other games are, because yes, yeah. you, it's the Monster Hunter thing, where <laughs> yeah. there's a small level, you get to the edge of it, and it loads the next level, yeah. and they're all connected. Um, um, yeah. Um, but I do really, like, I like Final Fantasy Explorers a lot. Oh, not, yeah. not to disparage that game, uh, but yeah, it doesn't really belong on this list. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So, uh, Forza Horizon 3, you kind of a weird choice to put in here but I just yeah no one likes Australia <laughs> um, oh. yeah it's straight on Aussie <laughs> because it is it's just this you know it's Australia and you're you're driving from one point to the next and you've got you know different events and things mm-hmm. I just thought it was captured absolutely beautifully um, I like it and I like the variation on that map like uh, the previous Forza Horizon games the first one kind of just had a bunch of cities and stuff, or towns connected, and most of it was kind of road-based, and it was, you know, basically just, you know, towns and roads. And yeah, kind yeah. Of like, uh, Forza Horizon 2 went a little bit more with off-road stuff, Yeah. but this one definitely embraces it, where there are a bunch of sections of that map that are just towns and roads, and you can do proper kind of asphalt racing, and then there's sections of it that are just the outback, and mm-hmm. you're doing rally stuff. There's bits of it that are just beaches yeah, you're yeah. driving along the beaches and you're in Lamborghini and it's silly and it's great and it really all connects yeah. together really well and it never feels like you're driving between levels basically you know it doesn't feel like oh I drove out of the outback level into the city level no it, it all flows together really yeah, well yeah it does it, it you know you can see the change gradually happening yeah um, and it works really well um, I just the, the the standard of this year's horizon is yeah. You know, it, it stepped up. Um, and I'm going to keep it for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would maybe say we should take Final Fantasy XV off, if only because none of us have played much of it. I've played a few hours of it, and I do really like the open world. But From the ten minutes you've shown me, it blows me <laughs> I really like the open world, but also I've seen two areas of that. Like, the rest of it could be garbage. Like, we can't um, really... But, uh, okay, right, that's... That, that's a good, it's a good yeah, argument. It's anyway. a similar argument to the pop and tournament thing, where it's not a demo we're basing it on, but we're basing it on the intro section of that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do really like the game, um, but I do get what you're saying as yeah. well. In, in terms of what we have left on the list as well, um, yeah, okay. But, but let's skip over that, and we can we so can leave it, it for now. Yeah, leave it for okay. now. Um. So the, there's two that I have no opinion. Well, I don't have any opinions on because I haven't spent um, 
spent no time with one of them and a very little time with the other, which was you know, obviously Mirror's Edge, Catalyst, mm-hmm. and The Division. So, The Division is uh, not quite post-apocalyptic, but like abandoned New York, and it's a nice city. It's a really nice city to wander around. Yeah, there's also not anything in it at all. Right, so but it's, it's really nice to wander around. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially the third-person shooter equivalent of Forza Horizon 3's Australia. Kinda, yeah. Um, it's like a really good. I don't know how realistic it is because I've never been to New York, but it, you know, it feels like a real right. living, breathing, or you know, abandoned real yeah. city. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with probably removing it if only because there's there's a few little side missions and stuff like that scattered out there, and there's items to pick up but other than that there's a big chunk of that city that is never used for anything in that game yeah. and it's really nice to wander around but mm-hmm. there's nothing in it yes yeah um, I don't know do you feel the same way Paul do you yeah, I'm quite happy you? to take it out um, it's pretty bad in, in spots like I I like the bits I enjoyed the most about the vision were wandering through that city mm-hmm. and exploring the bits I didn't like were not finding anything when I explored yeah yeah so, yeah. so, just and I know we were going to talk about Mirror's Edge Catalyst next, then, but with that that kind of in your head, then No Man's Sky. Uh, no yeah. Man's Sky is totally off the list for me because it's so barren and sparse. It is very repetitive, but also I f- you find a lot of really pretty looking plants. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of pretty looking plants that are the same as the plants three planets ago. Yeah. Um, I they look different. They look cool, and then it's like, oh man, what's on here? Oh, I found some plutonium again. Great. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it is a huge <coughs> world, a huge galaxy. Yeah. You know, you, you, and the, the planet. Here's the other thing: um, the planets that you went to, Kieran, are not the same planets that I went to, and the planets yeah. I went to are not the same ones. Well, yeah. 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 But. You know, we all did find a uh, we all found a planet that was full of gold. We all found one that was nothing but mountains and mountains of platinum. Yeah. And we got ambushed by space pirates the minutes we got up. Yeah. Um. So things like that. Um. I found them. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the the marine big just big big marine planets as well and things like that. So I actually never got to one of those. I think. I think we could remove that and then have a. It is in other, other yeah, ca- yeah. categories, I think. That's I m- yeah. Um, so let's not really talk about much here. Mafia 3 and Mirror's Edge. Um, Mafia 3... I really like that open world. I, um, yeah. yeah. Like, my, my main issue with it is just that the, you know, the side missions, or what should have been the side missions in that open world, were forced on you in the main game. But yeah. if those were part of the side missions, it would have been pretty much a perfect Yeah, game. the world is... From the, the at least the authority I have it on, very authentic to what it's supposed to be based on. Uh, very authentic to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is. It's a cracking world. Uh, I think I think we should keep that in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking that. Yeah. Um, Catalyst. They take the you know the really pretty stark kind of you know basically like Apple designed the city from the first Mirror's Edge yeah. and make it into an actual city that you can run around in and stuff like that with really perfect platforming puzzles that are just part of the exploration of the world rather than mm-hmm. level based yeah. stuff. And I really enjoyed just wandering around that world and exploring it. Um, 
But also, I know you guys aren't super strong on that one. Yeah, so. I didn't. I didn't really wander in the world. I did story mission, story mission, story mission, yeah. story mission, mm-hmm. story mission. I, you know, from the little that I've seen of Final Fantasy, and I, I do get what you're saying about we shouldn't be running around giving it all the accolades. Mm. I, I'd probably leave it on there over over Mirror's Edge. Over Mirror's Edge. I'm fine with giving up Mirror's Edge here just now. Um, I really. Like <laughs> I, I think it's a solid 7 Honor out of 10 so, I solid looked up and that's why I gave it <laughs> um, so in that case we need to pick a winner out of these so we have Mafia 3, Force of Horizon 3 and Final Fantasy 15 um, oh that, yeah that, that's <laughs> quite difficult um, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say Mafia 3 because it's the one I've played most of and I really like the world I finished that game right. uh, I yeah I would I think I'd feel a little bit strange as great as the world is in Forza Horizon that was me that put it on the category <laughs> and it's um, that's where I expected the argument to come yeah. from it's one of my favourite games of the year I but it as well. I think just in terms of being a little bit more complete I think Mafia 3 the world is yeah just the world in general with all of the little kind of background yeah. jibs and the, the thing with mm-hmm. Forza Horizon that you know you've got um, everything happening in the world uh, and you're driving from one point to the other. Um, you're the, the only thing that you've got that influence not influences, but uh, the only voice that accompanies you are th- is the radio that you're listening to. Yeah. You know, so that kind of oh, it's a beautiful day here in the beach part mm-hmm. of Australia as we're going through, and that's great. But when you're in Mafia Three. You're in that world, and the characters are all—they're reacting to the weather, yeah. or they're yeah. reacting to when you're walking about, uh, talking about events of the game. And if you go like breaking a car, someone runs off and phones the police. Depending yeah. on which part of the city you're in. Yes. If you're in the poorer part of the city, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a reactive world that they've built, and especially if you go into with play, playing a, a black character, you go into the wrong part of the city. Yeah. You're gonna take you're, abuse left. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They do a good job of that. I think that'll probably come up more when we talk about we have a best like atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think category later, but it will definitely come up for that stuff. But it definitely comes into this as well, it's where de- yeah, it's definitely they have all these the different building. yeah, they have all these different sections of the open world mm-hmm. that are things like you know the rich place, the poor place, the place that literally has tons of KKK members, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you go out into the bayous and all of the shops and pubs and stuff like that have signs on them that say no coloreds allowed. And if you go inside, the police come. And it's yeah. like, that's dark and really, you know, good yeah. as a kind of world-building Yeah, thing. it's yeah. dark and horrible, but also realistic to what it was yeah. Yeah. in yeah. the time exactly. frame they're setting it. Yeah. So, yeah. just I do, for world-built. Yeah, I do like, at the beginning of the game as well, you get a little um, text box that comes up, a little introduction, and yeah. it says that, you know, the, the team at 2K are... The, the game is made by people of multi-cultures, multi-race. Yeah. They in no way support the world that they're, they're yeah. building, but felt it would be a great injustice if they didn't have it historically yeah. accurate. Yeah. It's like the Assassin's Creed thing, where every Assassin's Creed game starts going, you know, this team was, the team that made this game was multi-ethnic, multi-religious, etc., yeah. etc. Et so it's fine that we let you kill the Pope in Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think this is and Mafia Three, weirdly enough, spoilers for the end of that game. We killed the Pope, Jesus. Who <laughs> 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 knew the Pope was the head of the next Mafia? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think Mafia Three wins this. Yeah, cool. So 
Best Open World 2016, Mafia 3, no, uh, sorry, runners up are Forza Horizon 3 and Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, yeah. So, there we have the best re release slash remake. So, nominees for this category are Dragon's Dogma Darker Resident for the PC, Gravity Rush Remastered, Valkyria Chronicles for the PS4, Twilight Princess HD for the Wii U. Ratchet and Clank for PS4 and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 for the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, yeah, so I have to go on record right away and and <laughs> Dragon's Dogma again. This is the third time. I'm pretty sure Valkyrie Chronicles is also coming. Valkyrie Chronicles came out on PC last year, uh-huh. uh, so I'm pretty sure it's been released like every year. Yeah, um, it's just like you know the the best category for that PC port's real good. Let me double check. It definitely came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember if I added that as a joke or if it is actually and, uh, this year. And next year we're going to have the best Dragon's Dogma, Dragon's Dogma category. <laughs> yeah, you know, Dragon's Dogma for your toaster. It's, uh, it's becoming getting, the new doom. <laughs> it's getting close. No, oh yeah, with the fact that Dragon's Dogma just keeps coming out, <laughs> yeah. and Doom doesn't. Uh, yeah, it came out in January twenty sixteen. I feel like it might have come out before. I think it's the Game of the Year stuff last year. But yeah, anyway. I'm, I really like Dragon's Dog. <laughs> um, that PC version is really good. They added a bunch of like nice quality of life kind of improvements to it. Um, right. So one of the things in Dragon's Dogma that was kind of a hassle before is when you're travelling between locations, you're, there's no mounts or anything like that. You're kind of walking from point A to point B, which is fine because the world is built in that way. It's a really cool thing in it, you know, you fight a bunch of enemies on the way and it's fun. But then you want to fast travel between locations that you've already kind of explored to if you just want to go hand in a quest or something. In the original game, uh, fast travel was limited by uh, these items that you got. And you had to buy more of these items to be able to fast travel and you ended up just not spending your money on that because you're spending on weapon upgrades and armor mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, PC version just adds one that doesn't break. So you have an unlimited fast travel. Right. So it's a nice little quality of life improvement. Um, and then also it just runs really well on PC. It looks really nice. It's you know it's just a really good version of the game. I'm fine yeah. with taking it off from the standpoint of we talk about it almost every year. <laughs> game yeah. and year stuff, but also it's really good. We talk about it for a reason. Kieran yeah. just loves Dark Horizon. The, the, the thing is, who's apart from Kieran, who's buying this fucking thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. People. The same people that played Dragon's Dogma every single time. Yeah, it's like, stop buying it and they'll stop making it. They're gonna no, re- they're gonna that's the exact opposite what people want. People want to keep buying it so they make another one. They really? release Dragon's Dogma online in Japan and that's, I want that. What's going to happen is they're going to release it on like Apple Watch next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best, best mobile game next year, Dragon's Dogma. Um, yeah, so uh, we were talking about Valkyria Chronicles as well. Um, <clears throat> it's just basically a port. Yeah, I don't know if that needs to be on here. It, they didn't change anything, really. It's just... It is the PC version that came up in this category last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ported back to PS4. I'm going to take that off. Um, it's Valkyrie Chronicles. still a great game. That's the yeah. only reason I really put it on here is because it's a remaster of a really good game. Yeah. But they didn't really do much work to it. They just kind of... It looks really nice, mm-hmm. but that's because that art style scales well. Um, and because they did the work for PC last year. Yeah. Um, so... Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out uh, both uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance 2 came out for the PS4 this mm-hmm. year 
Um, out of nowhere as well. It was yeah, they just kind of it was announced and then like a week later or something yeah, the, the game came out. Yeah, because they hadn't been on sale for a while because all of the Marvel licenses dried up for a while after Disney acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Which was clearly Disney wanting to wait and renegotiate everything themselves, so letting everything run out. Um, because then we got these coming back up and Marvel. Uh, Versus Capcom Infinite got announced. And yeah. yeah. So all these things are popping out that we're working in. Funnily enough, after Disney said they didn't want to make games themselves anymore. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 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 Give a couple of years till they start building up their game studios again and then fire everyone again a few years later. <laughs> the cycle continues. Um, yeah, so um, it's okay. It, um, I didn't feel like they really did much to it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. The, the game's fantastic. Um, really liked it, but yeah, it's they've just spit and polished a little bit. I didn't play much of two. Um, I played a decent amount of the first remake yes, with yeah. you. Um, is it Nick? Did you play any of it online? Um, because that first one ran really poorly online. We played a little bit of the I played a little bit of it online I played more of it offline um, didn't really seem to have as much issues with the second one as we did with the first one so the, the, they tidied up the net code yeah. um, that wouldn't be hard though because the, it, was it was bad yeah, yeah, we yeah, had more so. fun finding the glitches and just <laughs> breaking the game more than I mean it's, yeah else. it's still a fun game but yeah yeah, yeah um, so Given with what is left on the list, I'm actually I'm happy with taking that off. Yeah. Um, Unless anyone, Paul, you've been playing. No, I don't. Have I have a big opinion on it. I have literally no opinion in this whole category. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So Gravity Rush remastered. Um, the real pretty version of that game. It is, yeah. Uh, it comes with all DLC. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me is that it controls a lot better. Um, just because the Vita was limited, because it had a bunch of things that were mapped to touchscreen, just because it had it didn't have yes. those extra set of triggers. Yeah. Um, so, in particular, thing that always stands out for me is in Gravity Rush, you have a slide move you can do by putting your thing, your thumbs on b- both of the inside bits of the touchscreen, yes. and it makes the character slide around, and then you tilt the Vita yeah. to slide around corners and stuff like that, and it was terrible. Because it controlled terribly, because you're covering up part of the screen and you can't see what you you're can't doing. You can't see what you're, yeah. you're tilting, so you still can't see what you're doing even more. Yeah, so you wouldn't and use it as much. No, yeah, exactly. Um, in the remastered version of that, that's just mapped to two buttons and an analog stick. And I ended up using that to chain attacks together in, in combat and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because it made it so much faster. Everything flowed together really well, just because you can pull that mechanic out yeah. super easily. Um, um, and Gravity Rush is a game as well. It was... I think we came close to giving it Game of the Year when it yeah. came out I think, well. it, I think it won something. I it, it won quite a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Um, it's a great game. I would like to keep it on here because I do think those control changes yeah, no. improve it a lot. Yeah, fine. I'm, I'm happy um, with that, yeah. I would happily take Twilight Princess HD off this because I kind of just put it on to fill the list a bit. Um, it did come out this year. Twilight Princess is a really ugly game. <laughs> but they put it in HD and it doesn't look much better because it's HD. Um, yeah, I have from... There's no waggle controls now. That's good. It's, it's still a really good game. I love Twilight Princess. It is one of yeah. my favourites of the games. But 
It doesn't need to be on this list. It's not okay. I didn't, okay. Actually, I didn't finish replaying it. That yeah. knocks us down to three. So there's our list. Uh, we haven't talked about Ratchet Plank yet. No. Mainly because, personally, I think it wins this list. It's the one on this list that is a remake rather than a remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of effort they put into this, because they were tying it with that movie release, is they redid all the graphics. It looks like a PS4 game. It, yeah. is, it looks like a really nice-looking PS4 game. It will be coming back up in the graphics category this year because mm-hmm. it looks really good. All of the levels are based on the levels from the first game. And if you've played a lot of the first game, which I did, because I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but when I first got my PS2, I got it with Ratchet and Clank and without a memory card. <laughs> so I replayed the first like three or four levels in that game a lot because I couldn't <laughs> save it. Um, and as a result, I basically have the levels memorized. And these levels are, you know, they change some key things in them, but mm-hmm. they are, for the most part, those levels. So right. there is yeah. still that game. It's just they have updated it and made the levels feel a bit modern. They've taken out bits that yeah. didn't make sense. They've added new mechanics from the Ratchet and Clank games that came after the PS2 one, so like PS3 games added mm-hmm. uh, like level uh, leveling up for your weapons and stuff like that, yeah. and they made the swing shot work a little different, right. and those kind of things. And so they've updated the levels to support all that stuff. And it just feels like a, it feels in a lot of ways like a brand new game, but then if you've also played a lot of Ratchet and Clank, you're like, oh, this is that bit. This is, yeah. I remember doing this bit yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's great. I, I really loved it. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with giving it. That. Yeah, no, uh, from you know, from what I've seen of it as well, it looks absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, yeah. That's not on a PS4 Pro. I need to get a PS4 Pro because they patched it and it's apparently one of the better looking games on oh, that right. as well. So um, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. Oh, um, I do need to uh, just when you're talking about the, the PS4 Pro and some, uh, I've been so normally anyone listening to the podcast knows there will be the mad week before we actually start recording where we all start playing the games that we haven't played yep. um, just to make sure that we have an opinion of them. And one of the games that uh, I had and still had to put some time into was Uncharted 4. Yes. So Uncharted 4, I put Uncharted 4 into my normal PS4 because um, I don't have the Pro mm-hmm. and put it in. And because of the TV that I've got, um, the 4K TV I've got, it recognised it. Yeah. And it said, all oh, right, okay, well, what what we can do is we can, all the cutscenes and everything, we can put out at the HDR signal. Yeah. Um, so you're getting your cutscenes in 4K, essentially, but your, well, your gameplay itself yeah. is not... Well, it's not up in the resolution, it's just changing the <coughs> colour balance. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. HDR is, like, the colour yeah. and stuff. So you'll be getting the nicer colours. Yes. That. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, the, the, it does change you yeah. know it does make things look a lot more vibrant mm-hmm. things yeah cool. yeah Ratchet, uh, sorry uh, Uncharted 4 will definitely be coming up in the graphics character as well because that oh, game yeah. looks insane oh yeah um, so yeah uh, best re- re- re-release slash remake goes to Ratchet and Clank yay and the runners up are Gravity Rush Remastered and Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen fucking Dragon's Dogma yeah I know he's, he, he yeah. thinks he's clever he's, he's done it again yeah, yeah. I was looking at last year's list. I don't think we gave anything last year. Um, yeah, so then we have Best Driving Game. Yeah. The Best Driving Game. So 2016 nominees are Forza Horizon 3, Trackmania Turbo, 
Start Rally, which <clears throat> did come out on PC before this year, but we're counting the console <laughs> yeah. because it's when we all played it. <laughs> um, Rossi, MotoGP 16, and Mantis Burn Racing. Yeah, so uh, Mantis Burn Racing is one that I put on here because um, mm-hmm. it was one of the, the racing games that I played. Shit, I actually played a whole load of racing games this yeah. year. So I played, um, there's things that are not on the list, there's the... Uh, the the MX GP game. Yeah, yep. uh, I played that, and I also played uh, Sebastian Loeb, mm-hmm. Rally. Um, not a great game. really hang on this list. No, no. Sebastian Loeb is not a great game. <laughs> no, it, it's not. No. I was going to say, Paul, you played some Raid too. Does that belong on this list? It doesn't. No. no. Um, it actually probably does if you're into simulation racing. Right. I think we are. I think it's just that we're none of us played it. You've played a bit of it. But yeah. If you yeah. have a strong enough argument to put up, we could probably stick on the list. I so don't have a strong enough argument to put up. Ride 2 is a fantastic game if you're into motorbikes and you like simulation racing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm shockingly bad at simulation mm. racers. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore... Don't realise on this list despite how bad I am at it. Yeah. So, so the, 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 Moto, the most cross GP1 uh, or GP2, I think it's called... Um, the reason it's not on here is I didn't put that more, as much time as I think I should have put into it, um, and it probably I would it just would have got taken off the list yeah. anyway. So sure. with it getting a little mention like that, I suppose it's fine. Uh, Speaking of things that are getting mentioned and taken off the list, yes, Mantis Burn Mantis Racing. racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so getting back to where we were, Mantis Burn Racing is basically uh, micro machines. Okay. In real world environment, it looks very pretty, um, and it plays quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at a point now where the the difficulty curve is getting ramped up. It seems that it's a bit unfair in the way they've done it. It seems to be ramping up too yeah. quickly, so that I feel like a lot of racing games yeah. end up that issue, or you end up with like Forza Horizon Three, which is kind of just easy the whole way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or all the Forza Horizon games. Yeah, yeah and, unless you do what. I they should push the going and put all the sliders all the yeah, way up. Yeah, and you put the sliders <laughs> yeah. up progressively, um, which is... Yeah, I, I did that, and I put them up, and you win three races, and it comes up, and it says... Do you oh, want to do that? Yeah, do you want to, yeah. Do you want to put them up again? And I was like, yeah, okay. And you still win everything. Yeah, so there's no natural ramping. But yeah, so Matt's Born Racing... Yeah, I'm... Is it as good as Motorstorm RC? It's different. Um... <laughs> Anything as good as Motorstorm no, RC? No, it was a trick question. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Motorstorm RC had the, you, you know, the the kind of time trial thing, and then obviously, yeah, it, yeah that was it for multiplayer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was really good. Um, this is slightly, slightly different, um, and that's about as much as I'm going to say on that. <laughs> okay, cool. Does it belong on this list? Um... No, no. I, I'm happy to take, take it off. off. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rossi MotoGP. Rossi MotoGP. Not to just throw all like your games <laughs> right at you. Right yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, this is the the, the official uh, MotoGP game of 2016, but they've also got Valentino Rossi's name on it yeah. as well. And it's by the same guys that made Ride, isn't it? Same, by yes. the same guys that made Ride, the same guys that have done um, Sebastian Loeb. Rally, Moto Cross GP. Um, they are the <coughs> bike racing developers. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're very good at bike racing games. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, this is very good. 
Um, it does a couple of different things. So I spoke about this in the podcast quite a bit as well, yeah. where um, it not only has the MotoGP stuff, it has the um, the off-road, a little bit of the off-road stuff, yeah. and it also has rally driving as well. So it, this mm-hmm. is kind of like how Valentino uh, Rossi and his pals, what they do in their spare time, it's got that kind of vibe about yeah. it, and that's what they try and put across. And So not only are we having fun, but we're honing our skills kind of idea um it works quite well but at the end it is it's just circuit racing hmm. it, it is just circuit racing at the end of the day um it's very good but having a look at what we've got left um on the the driving game it doesn't have um, a yeah i i these three other games here that i would probably play more before I played yeah. Rossi. Yeah. So, I um, play that. I, I usually like those games quite a lot. I it is that. very good. It's definitely worth your money. Um, so if you're fancying, you know, the latest MotoGP game, is it worth buying? Yeah. Yes, definitely do it. Yeah. If, and if you want more of the kind of off the track bikes, buy Ride 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're looking for the track stuff, go somewhere else. But... Um, uh, the MotoGP Rossi game it does give you a little bit of everything mm. oh, right, okay. so a, a little taste and it's quite good cool right. I've been meaning to pick it up yeah. I'm ready to go for now yep cool so that means our three our Forza Horizon 3 Trackmania Turbo <coughs> and Dart Rally um, we haven't really talked much about Dart Rally but it's simulation rally is Dart back to when it had Colin McRae's name on it. Yeah, it's it's Colin McRae Rally getting back to being Colin McRae Rally. Yeah. It is one of the most brutal games. The version I I got came with a a Blu-ray documentary about Colin McRae as well. Nice. Um, So it's very much, they're leaning into that. Yeah. Um, It's really hard. Yes, yeah. But it's really good. It looks really nice as well. Does it? Very pretty. Very pretty. And it's one of those games that... I felt the same way about the Formula One games, which are also Codemasters, um, like almost every racing game is, um, where the the more you play it, you realise that it's not just about coming first, at least to start with, because it is more of a realistic racing game. Yeah. And like Formula One and Rally and stuff, you're not going to come first until you've been playing, you've been doing it a lot and yeah, you're really good yeah. at it, compared to you know things like. You know, the Forza games and stuff like that, where yeah. it is every race gives you points for being first, second, or third, and that is it. And if you're not first, second, or third, you've failed. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's more of a realistic thing where you get points if you're in, you know, you get points based on how well you did, and you didn't come first, that's fine, because no. you're not this season's the veteran that's expected to come first every time. So you came in fifth, that's pretty good. You did better than last time. Um, you finish the race is actually something that Dart Rally is more <laughs> of. It's like, oh, you didn't total your car. Yeah. Good job. You finished yeah. all of the sections. Well done. <laughs> yeah. You didn't flip your car. Yeah. Yeah. It, but sometimes it's a little bit too patronizing. You know, it's like, you managed to not pee your pants. Have a star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you go, fuck it, I'm, I'm tired of the game talking, talking to me like that, so I'm going to get better and better. So it yeah. kind of works. Yeah. But, yeah, it is very, very brutal, but it's yeah. still uh, definitely one of my, my favourite racing yeah, games. Yeah, I really like um, I don't know if it doesn't necessarily wins this, but it no. definitely stays on the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not cutting it, because yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trackmania Turbo. Oh, man. How um, good is Trackmania Turbo, it's though? It's so good. Trackmania Turbo reminds me of where you used to, you know, back in the days where you'd get on a, a, a voice over the internet program you know, of your choice and you would play Snake or something. You would play just something and you would do it. So you're playing some game was inconsequ- inconsequential what it was, but you were talking with your friends. Yeah, yeah. So the online mode, when you're playing Trackmania, it brings that back. You're all playing on the same track and you can see each other's ghosts and that's it. Yeah. You can't really interact with each other's ghosts. Yeah, but you're yeah just, no collisions. Yeah, you're just spending time together playing this game. Yeah. Um, playing these bullshit hard facts. <laughs> yes. And trying to beat each other's like best time. Similar to Dark Rally, a lot of the times when I'm playing Trackmania Turbo Online, I'm just trying to finish the track. Cause <laughs> again, there's a lot of user-made <laughs> stuff, and people are just making this bullshit loop-to-loop stuff that's like a maze that flips around all the time, and you're like, I don't know where I'm going. I can't. <laughs> and other times it's just, here's a straight line with a fucking like ramp at the yeah. end, and you have to try and <laughs> land, or not land, but fly through one of the many finish lines that are all over <laughs> the end of the map. Um... And then sometimes people just made really good racing courses. Yeah. And it is proper good time trial stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and it, the way the, you know, that you seamlessly change from one track to another mm-hmm. with the playlist system that you have with it. Yeah, that playlist system is great. Yeah. The, um, I mean, the the average play time that we've spent playing online together is like three and four hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and by the time you, you come off, you you know these. You've got muscle memory from <laughs> doing the same tracks over and over again. Um, you've had sometimes people, you know, other players coming in and playing your tracks and for a while and, and dropping out, and disappearing. Whether they they're there or not is fine. But you come off and you had a good time. You set the world to rights and you've yeah yeah. It's just a very very good experience. The one thing I will say about Trimming Turbo is this is his first console release. Yeah. Or it's the first notable console yeah. release. There was like yeah. a Wii version and stuff. Um, but most of the content is from Trackmania 2 on PC. Um, they polished it and redid all of the UI and they added in the uh, the the roller coaster theme, the one that gives you the kind of wipeout style magnetic track. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but like all of the other stuff is from those old games. And so it's not wholly new. Um, but they polished it really well for They console. polished it really well. Like, that game was... On PC, the running joke has been always that the entire team at Trackmania are programmers. Because it's very programmer art. Like, nothing looks very nice. Uh-huh. The UI is literally just, like, plain text. It's like, oh, here's the list of places you're in. But comparatively, the UI in this is great. It's got lots of silly things, like, you know, the greeting people when they join a server and that stuff. Yeah. Um... I really love it. It's just really good. Um, but Force Horizon three though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that is that's just fantastic. It was from the minute you turn it on and you play that first welcome section. Yeah, uh, you get the feeling that you're you're, you're experiencing you're playing just something different. Yeah, you know that uh, you can feel the the care and attention that's been put into the game and it's just it's one hell of an experience I've I've loved every minute that I've played with that game it's not doing anything particularly new or 
Yeah. You know, it's just added. Uh, it's added bits from even, uh, for the the first Forza Horizon yeah. Yeah. that were taken out. It's put them back in, changed them up a little bit, um, kept things from Forza Horizon Two that were good, and then it's mixed in some new stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a solid, a solid, fantastic game. Um, yeah, and I just. I gush over it every time we talk about it on the podcast. There's a reason why Force Horizon comes up with it comes up and usually wins these racing categories every, every year. It's released. Yeah, like Force Horizon won in 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2014, Force Horizon two won. It had <laughs> to be our drive club somehow, and this year I think it is the best game again. Yeah. Like I, I love Trackmania Turbo. I love Dark Rally, but Force Horizon three, there's just so much of it, if nothing else. Yeah. So much of it, it plays so well, and you can just drive around that open world, and it's just fun to drive around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of what it usually always boils down to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm okay with that. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Yes. So our best driving game of 2016 is Forza Horizon 3 for the Xbox One. And PC, actually. It's cross-buy as well. Or, uh, um, whatever yeah. they call it. It's not cross-buy, it's Play Anywhere. Yeah, play anywhere, yeah. yeah. So buy it once and you own it on the other. Actually, I should download that PC app. My PC would not run it. But still, anyway. Forza Horizon yeah. 3, best driving game. Uh, Runners-up are Trackmania Turbo and Dark Rally. Cool. I'm on Google. So our next category was a slightly tongue-in-cheek one, um, which is Best Odd Mechanic. So this is just a category for any mechanic that's kind of weird yeah. and silly and sometimes funny and sometimes just really good, but it's like something you wouldn't really expect. More yeah. so than a winner in this one, I think it's just to highlight things we enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we'll necessarily, we'll talk about it a bit and decide if we want to choose a winner, but yeah, I, I yeah. feel like these maybe, yeah. Uh, warning though, this one will have spoilers for Titanfall 2, I'll say specifically when I'm about to say them, and then we'll skip ahead slightly, cool. you, or so you can skip ahead if you don't want to see them. Shall we just uh, talk through them as the list? Yeah, may as well. Yeah, so, first nominee is, or winner, I guess they're all winners. <laughs> is pressing L3 to greet players in Trackmania Turbo. So this is, in Trackmania Turbo, when you're playing online, every time another player joins the server you're on, yep. it pops up in the corner saying, press L3 to greet player. Yep. And if you press L3, it just pops up saying, hi, username. Yeah. And then <laughs> everyone does it. So you're in a server with like 100 people on it. And it's just <laughs> this little ticker at the side that's just going up of everyone going, hi, this person, hi, this person, hi, this person. And the same thing happens at the end of the race when the timer's about to run out. You can hit it, say good game, and it just like it just says GG all, and it just goes GG all, GG all, GG all, GG all. <laughs> it's so good, it's so silly, and it's a good way to like limit people. Like you don't get any dark bags talking shit and track me a turbo because everyone can only say hi or GG. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. And you only get to say it once. You can't spam it. Kind of like in Hearthstone, it's become a kind of thing where. You annoy people by spamming the the positive emojis yeah. over and over. Yeah. But you can't do that. You do it once, and that's you. You've said your high. You've said your <laughs> GG. is is amazing. I love it. Um, oh, also spoilers for super hot here as well. I forgot about that. So um, skip ahead a few a minute or so if you want, or a couple minutes if you want to not hear super hot spoilers. But we probably won't talk about it much. Uh, at a certain point in super hot, you get the ability to switch bodies. So the main Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. Anyway, <laughs> the ghosts coming. Uh, the main 
thing in Super Hot is that it's a first person action game where every time you move everything else moves otherwise everything is stopped or in super slow motion it does kind of move very slowly yeah. so the main mechanic of the game is that and you use it for uh, running up punching dudes taking weapons out of their hands turning around hitting someone else yeah. and you know you, you end up with these cool combat puzzles that happen by taking basically what is a first person shooter and slowing it down into you know nothing mm-hmm. um then at a certain point you get the ability to switch bodies into an enemy's body and it just changes everything slightly because you just end up just going okay well I'll go over punch this guy take his gun shoot this other guy oh there's two guys coming in this room off the front I'll switch to one of them (laughs) 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 it's just really good Um, I really like Super Hot and it is a cool thing and they use it in cool ways for the story later on as well right. which that story across some weird places yeah um, but yeah uh, then Titanfall 2 which I have listed in here as redacted because I didn't want to spoil it beforehand he's uh, already spoiled it for us but I spoiled it for you guys before this um, so skip ahead again a little bit if you don't want to hear spoilers for Titanfall 2 um, but it's only there for like a level anyway which is press L1 to time travel in Titanfall 2 yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a section of that game where you are in this in, uh, this facility, which there there's like one or two kind of things where they're like, oh man, time's really messed up here. So you kind of go through the level and you do get kind of blasted in the past. You do a section of level in the past, a section of level in the future, um, or in the present, and then you find a device, and you get this device, and unless you switch between it well, and you end up just the most overpowered thing possible for that level because you're just using it to get through puzzles in the environment where it's like oh fire is blocking this door so I'll go into the past because it wasn't on fire in the past mm-hmm. and you encounter enemies in the past because the place you're in was populated in the past so you go in and there's a bunch of enemies shooting at you so you blast into the present again because they can't shoot you there because they're not there and then you show up again behind them and smack them in the back <laughs> of the head it's so good or you ignore them you just do Titanfall is all about this super fast paced wall running and stuff like that so you just wall run your way through everything jump past everything and just when someone's about to shoot you you switch to the other time period and they are not a problem anymore Yeah, and it's just <laughs> a cool fun mechanic and it's bizarre and it comes out of no well not quite nowhere but almost nowhere yeah yeah, um, yeah it's really good uh, next we have Gerrymandering in Stellaris so in Stellaris there's a point in that game where your empire gets big enough. Um, for people who don't know, Stars is like a 4x uh, strategy game where you're in space and you're capturing different planets, expanding mm-hmm. a big empire out, like civilization in space, kind of. Um, but there's a point where your empire gets big enough that you can run it yourself. So you split it into sectors, yeah, and they kind of get run by AI mm-hmm. by themselves, basically. The computer runs them. But depending on how the sectors are going and how you're going and how the people feel about you, different sectors will form factions that will be like our sector wants independence or our sector wants this planet to be part of our or we want to be given back to this other empire or something like that right and this is represented by like all of the all of the people on the planets are represented by you know workers on those planets you can yeah. go in and you can see those individual workers you can see why they're upset mm-hmm. or so it might be their happiness is low because they are a uh, hot-blooded species living on a cold planet or you know, vice versa, a cold-blooded species living on 
local planet and they are unhappy and that's what brings the factions out and then you can just go in and you spend points to this it costs you money and stuff to do this but you can just go in and go this part of the world is really upset this sector is really upset and has you know all these people that really want to they want independence or something like that mm-hmm. and then you can just cut it up and just be like well this sector next to it they're all really happy so if you take a couple of planets from the unhappy one and they're part of that happy sector now they don't matter <laughs> this one the, the, the other side as well same and then pull all these ones in here and all of a sudden oh the, the unhappy people don't matter anymore they're <laughs> still there and they're unhappy but there's not enough of them in any one place <laughs> to do to anything, do anything. <laughs> and it's evil it is pure diplomatic like political evil uh-huh. and it's really fun <laughs> um, so yeah. I don't want to move you're leaving well they don't even move it's just like your, plan- your planet's um, it'd, it'd be like if the equivalent would be like man you know Glasgow really wants independence from the UK Glasgow you're part of England now you don't matter um, <laughs> 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 or like Edinburgh you're really pro-independence as well so you're part of Northern Ireland um, <laughs> it's, like, it's really good um, it's just evil so next up we have uh, the Rotom Pokedex in Pokemon yes. Sun and Moon yeah so we, we we spoke about this on the podcast a little bit as well so at one point quite early in Pokemon Sun and Moon you bump into the Pokemon Professor. Yep. The the, the buff Pokemon Professor who yeah. learned about the island with shirt off. <laughs> yeah. And um, he upgrades your Pokedex by putting a Pokemon in it. Yep. Um, and it's this little Pokemon who can now talk. It can talk like a human. Uh-huh. Um, so they stick this Pokemon in your Pokedex and it turns into this weird annoying little shit <laughs> yeah, like your, po- your Pokedex now has a set of eyes and it watches you yeah, yeah. and it's like if you you're like trying to level up Pokemon and grind and stuff it's like hey buddy we're supposed to be over there <laughs> doing that story mission yeah uh, so it gives you you know it points you to where it needs to go it says annoying things oh, in yeah. a horrible um, so it doesn't actually talk yeah. um, you know it's all text on screen but it's it's written in kind of like Rollcat, yeah. You know, with all because it's electric, everything ends in a Z, and you know it's got this zzz crackling. Yeah. Thing. And it's it's oh, it is odd. It, it's strange what they've done to it, and it it's quite funny for a little while. And some of the quips are, are quite oh cool. God, yeah. 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 Some of the quips later on when you get near the legendaries and the end of the game and stuff are really cool as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um. Uh, then we have Chibi and Normal Mode in World of Final Fantasy. So the ability to switch between your small version of yourself and your Kingdom Hearts looking version of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess we should probably just merge in with the one below it with yeah. the stacking monsters on your head in World of Final Fantasy. <laughs> so World of Final Fantasy, people don't know, it's basically a Pokemon equivalent for Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, you yeah. capture Final Fantasy monsters like you would Pokemon. And unlike Pokemon, instead of just having your party that you, you know, send one out to fight, you fight alongside two of them at a time. Uh, or up to two of them, you can do one on one. Uh, but rather than just be all together as, like, a group, uh, you're, like, regular Final Fantasy style where mm-hmm. you have your party, you stack your monsters up on top of your main character. So your main character is usually, uh, in his 
in their tall form, they account as a large person yeah. or a large thing. And <coughs> then you can stack a medium-sized monster on them, and then you can uh, stack a small monster on top of a medium-sized monster. So you end up with a stack three people high, which is really <laughs> silly. Um, but also, you can switch yourself into the chibi version of yourself, where you count as a medium-sized version. So you can stack yourself up on top of big monster <laughs> and then a little monster on top of you so you're basically riding around on top of a monster with another monster, monster yeah. head. as a hat it's really good it's such a silly <laughs> I, mechanic but it works yeah, really well I, I, I like that um, but it's the first time you come across the, the chibi knot and it's like why what is, the, what is this for and <laughs> they never explain it it just happens it's yeah. not a story thing where and they're like oh you can switch between them because of this it's just you can switch between them yeah I think it's I think it's because you you I think it mentions it in one of the conversations yeah. with one of the characters. It's like, oh, you look different from us, and then you you hit a button and zoop, and you're one of them. Yeah, um, it is. It's just really it's weird. Weird, but it, really it's good though. Yeah. So best odd mechanic goes to all of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So best RPG game squared, uh, which is an evolution of our best RPG <laughs> game game because <laughs> we kept just adding game onto the end of it every year. So. I figured we'd just not do that. This time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, nominees for this one are Fire Emblem Fates, which includes both Birthright and Conquest. Yes. And the third one. Uh, Reve- Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. Uh, Paper Mario Color Splash. Yep. World of Final Fantasy. Pokemon Sun and Moon. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Final Fantasy Explorers. And Project Cross Zone 2. Uh, I'll go off bat and see if we can take Paper Mario Color Splash off this because it's not really an RPG. Cool. Um, it cool. has RPG mechanics and story stuff kind of makes it similar to an RPG but it ma- it's more of like a it's almost like a point click adventure game to some degree but it's like using RPG as like it's kind of structure. Right. But it's more of a story thing that has RPG combat that doesn't feed into any there's no like proper leveling up system or anything mm-hmm. like that there's no building your character. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna take that out. Cool. Uh, I haven't played much of any of these. Um, I did. Well, except Explorers. I played a lot of Final Fantasy Explorers. Yeah, we played a hell of a lot. Um, I finished Pokemon Sun. So played a hell of a lot of Final Fantasy Explorers. Um, I've not played as much Final Fantasy 15 as I want to. Yeah. So Final Fantasy Explorers. We've spoke a little bit about it being, you know, a Monster Hunter clone. It's really yeah. good. It has that that RPG element of leveling up the characters and yep. uh, sourcing equipment yeah. and getting equipment. That's probably where it ends. Yeah, it's a very shallow game. Yeah, um, yeah. I would almost say it's more of like an action game than an RPG in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, kind of like I know lots of people always argue that Monster Hunter is an RPG, so see it being here still because you're building up the character still yeah Um, towards the end the final part I don't know if you finished the I didn't I got right to the end right so once you get right to the end there is a little bit of story and it it does kick into you know that kind of final fantasy style um, of what you're doing and but that is is it's the end of the game it's very little of it um, yeah. I am. I think I'm happy to remove it from this list. Yeah. It's, it's got mentioned. It is a excellent game. It'll it's, be coming up again. Later. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> one of the, one of the games you played a hell of a lot of. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Project Cross Zone 2, I have... I haven't put as much time as I wanted. I was going to say, had you got around to playing it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I eventually picked it up again. Um, and it's funny, I'll, I'll tell you why and how I picked it up. Um, was I was busy playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I uh, got to the first island and finished all the challenges there. And what you're doing then is you get put into a cave and it's a little bit grindy mm-hmm. before you move on to the next section. So I'm in, I'm in here and I'm doing... I'm walking two steps and I'm getting attacked by a Pokemon. It's a Pokemon I already have. I've already caught one. And it's a Pokemon that's in my Pokedex. I don't need it. Uh-huh. Right? But now I'm just getting bombarded with these things. So I'm, I'm fighting them. They're one-shot kills. Mm-hmm. So I'm killing the Pokemon. Moving two steps. Bang. Happens again. Mm. See, and I didn't get that. Uh, see, I... It just... And what it did is it went back into, you know, Pokemon from many, many years ago. It was... Yeah, I, I didn't get that, but I also went through the cave on the back of a Taurus. Uh, running through, I ran <laughs> everywhere on the back of a mount, and you get less random encounters on a mount. Uh, that, well, I, that was the other thing that I found a little bit annoying as well, was that you had, you've got this mount system as well. Um and so you can jump on it, but then there's certain sections where it forces you to get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got fed up with the switching, so I stayed on foot, and then you're getting the encounters all the time. Mm-hmm. And it just felt, it didn't feel new, it didn't feel exciting. It was like, right, okay, you've showed me all the new stuff for Pokemon that I've seen, which I really like, it's cool, but I'm back to playing Pokemon. I may as well be playing on the on the GB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, on the yeah. Game Boy. Um, so... What I did was I picked up uh, Project Cross on 2 and started playing through that again. I am nine hours into it. It's more Cross on 2. Um, so it, it's one of the, it's, it's a weird one because it's a little bit like um, fi- uh, the Fire Emblem series in that you've got, you know, you're moving your characters over yeah. the blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the territory. But then when it comes to the, the fighting. Mm-hmm. There's not much tactics. No, it's kind of you mash buttons and there's yeah, yeah. combos you can put in. But yeah, you do the, the combos and um, you're either going to take off all the health and beat that character or you're not. Yeah. It's yeah. a 50-50. Yeah. You may get, and they may counter you, and that's... But there's, it is more... It's strange, I, I really like the cross on games. We gave the first one, the RPG of the year of when but it came was, out that was also mainly because you played through the entire thing and took hundreds of hours <laughs> <Yeah>. of <that laughs> game. Um, this, this one doesn't seem to have grabbed you in quite the same way no no yeah, um, I, I, th- I still suspect next year will be every other week Mike going play a lot of Project Cross on today <laughs> yeah. um, the story is just as mental the interactions with the characters are really good as well but it's not it is an RPG, but it's like an action RPG. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy to take it out at the moment because I'll probably insist to get something else next year or something. <laughs> <laughs> Make a category I'll for it, it as a best project crossover of the year. Yes. Um, so we have Fire Emblem Fates, World of Final Fantasy, Pokemon, and Final Fantasy 15. I still have the same argument with Final Fantasy 15 in that we haven't played a lot of them. Um, but I feel that way about most of these games except for Pokemon. Yeah. 
Where yeah. I, actually you played a lot of Fire Emblem as well, didn't you? Um, I did, yeah. I I, so I finished Fire Emblem. Okay, well I didn't do that because I went for the hard version of Fire Emblem and got stuck like three missions in the game. Because <laughs> man, that game is hard. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I finished uh, the first one, which was uh, Birthright, yeah. and then went on to Conquest, and I think I'm. I think you go further than. Yeah, you. I got further than you. Um, I think I'm at the bit where they give you the tutorial for castle invasions. Oh god. So I'm still super <laughs> early. Oh lord. It's like six chapters in or something like that. It's like right. It's super yeah, early. I, I'm, I'm a good few after that. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it though. Like I will go back to it and do it. I just didn't have like the oh, patience for something that hard at the time. It's an amazing game. I really really liked it. Um, I'm quite happy with it staying there. Yeah, I think Fire Emblem stays in here. Yeah, I, I think it would stay um, in there. I think Pokemon stays in here. Yeah. seem pretty into it. Yeah. I'm uh, going to argue it stays there just, even though it does have a lot, as Mike was saying, similar to older games, I think they've done enough to shake it loose and give it a fresh feel. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, so between looking at what's left then and we need to decide between World of Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy yeah. 15 which of the Final Fantasies that we've not put a lot of time into do we think is better than the other Final Fantasy <laughs> yes. we've not put a lot of time into yeah. in which case I might actually go for Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> I kind of expected to be going the other way before 15 came out because I had no excitement at all for yeah, 15 yeah. and World of Final Fantasy seemed like and it is a really just solid simple game it's just old school Final Fantasy um, either turn based or action time battle yeah. combat yeah. if you want it that way um, where they have this Pokemon system built on top of it everything's all cute and colourful and the story's sort of there but don't need to focus on it at all yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of expected liking it a lot more than Final Fantasy XV because it just in every way seems like my kind of game yeah. And I do really enjoy it. Uh but Final Fantasy fifteen so far has grabbed me in a way I did not expect. Mm-hmm. Um it plays so good, it looks so good. The dialogue is generally pretty great. There's some good like open world stuff that pops up in that game that's really silly. Mm-hmm. Like uh your team there's four people in your team, there's Noctis that's the character you play as, there's Ignis, Prompto and Gladio. And they all have their own personalities and uh, mechanics and stuff yeah. like that. And one thing that happened when I played it last night is uh, one of the characters Prompto takes a lot of photos. So you take photos and whenever you uh, sleep at an inn or a caravan or a, just a campsite, he'll show you all of his photos and you get to save some if you want or share them on yeah. social media or something. And they're generally all terrible. But... There's a few places where there's like pre-designated ones that you'll always kind of get good ones. Yeah. So like the first time you go to this city, you'll usually get like a really nice close-up shot of one of the characters in that city, and it'll be a really nice photo. Um, there's also side quests when you pass certain parts in the open world, where Prompto will ask, "Can we stop and take a photo here?" And you can either say, like, it comes up with a dialogue thing, you say yes, and it gives you the quest, and you start the quest right away. Right. Or you can just say no, and he gets disappointed. But you can <laughs> take the quest goes onto your list, and you can come back later. So I was clearing those off my quest log yesterday just to get some extra experience. And I went to two different locations. And because of the time of day I was in, they had this like really nice, like, you know, uh, choreographed picture 
So they're all posing. It's really cool. They've got this kind of landmark thing behind them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how all these pictures go with them posing in front of the landmark. Yeah. And it would have looked really cool. But because of the time of day in the game I was u- I was doing all of these, the sun was just there blooming out everything and you couldn't see it. <laughs> so these are just all terrible overexposed photos. It's like, I got 400 experience points for this. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that silly little things like that can happen in it, I really, really like. Um... But yeah, so I, I don't know about you guys. I would probably put 15 over yeah, I'm, I'm, on this. Yeah, I'm happy with that. World is, like you say, it is kind of old school. But I think that's the saddest thing about this category this year, is that I, how, I don't have enough time for two of the games on here. Yeah, I yeah. haven't had enough time. Um, Final Fantasy 15, yeah, I'm, I think I'd probably put that more. Um, yeah. for, because the time that I have spent with it, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it it does feel from the little time that I have spent with both of them, it does feel the better game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'd be happy with that. Okay, so I take World off. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with Fire Emblem Fates, Pokemon, and Final Fantasy Fifteen. This is where I have to fight for <laughs> Pokemon. I haven't played enough of any of these to have an opinion. Really, I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, um, I, re- I really want to play Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, Final Fantasy Fifteen. See, the thing is that, like Kieran had said, to to give it our game of the year, it would need to come with a massive proviso that, like yeah, we've o- yeah we we've only put in yeah comparatively, Mike's finished Fire, Fire Emblem and you've finished Pokemon yeah mm-hmm. I haven't finished any of these games <laughs> I apparently don't play RPGs anymore um, <laughs> I didn't even finish the Witcher Three DLC. Oh, um, I almost put Blood and Wine <laughs> on this list, but that Witcher 3 Blood and Wine is actually probably the best RPG of this year. Um, but it's also DLC. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I would back either, because they both seem like really good games. I am actually not going to fight that heavily for Pokemon. I think you could probably convince Mike of Pokemon. <laughs> I... The thing with Pokemon Sun and Moon is I do like the, the different things that they've done. The, yeah. the, the new setting. Yeah. Um, I do like the, the new character. I like the new the new gym. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, but see, at the end of the day, it's window dressing. It is. It is. It's window dressing. They've just taken... At its core, it is still Pokemon. Well, yeah, but that's a good thing, though. Yeah. Um, the things that they need to change... Uh, you know, so they they have they've changed a hell of a lot, and it, it is it seems like a work in progress. If you look at every game since Pokemon X and Y, everyone that's come out since has had a little bit of something. Yeah, a little bit of something has changed. This one, they went right. Okay, it's a different world completely, and that is really cool. I bet Pokemon Star on the Switch is going to be real good next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it still has. You know that 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 grindy. Yeah, but which is good. But what I'm hearing you say is, Pokemon Sun and Moon doesn't make a lot of the changes. It makes good changes, but not changes you want overall to make it a much better game. Whereas Fire Emblem was always perfect and is still perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, and, and I would <laughs> argue that if Pokemon changed those things that. Annoyed Mike and went, oh look, I'm I'm back to this. Then I would be exceptionally pissed off with it. No, I don't. 
there is there is just a couple of more tweaks and things that it needs to do, but at the end of the day, it's still. But I, I I have to agree with you. I hate caves, as does pretty much everyone ever that's played a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. They um, never really got dungeons down like other RPGs have. Yeah, I think in terms of of the games, in terms of the amount of time that I've spent, to turn around and say that Pokemon Sun and Moon is the best RPG of the year, or that it's the worst. I'm, I don't. I don't think I'm qualified. You know, I need yeah. to have played a lot more for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, In terms of the, you know, that so I would need to stick with uh, with Fire Emblem. Fates. I'm okay with making Fire Emblem Fire Fates game of the year. It, it just what it did as well with the, you know, so you've got three separate games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mean like when you get Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know you're trying to be facetious now, but. Yeah, the Birthright and Caucus are di- yeah. yeah, they the, are yeah. different. They, yeah. you know, the the enemies and the battles that you face are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have went in and tweaked the, the AI the, in the way that they work and things like that. So, yeah. no, I am happy to make that game of the year. Yeah. Um, I, what I would RPG game of the year. RPG RPG no, no, we've not got the game of the year. Yet. <laughs> yeah, Just RPG. to clarify, RPG. <laughs> we're not making Fire Emblem Fates game of the year yet. RPG <laughs> game squared of the year. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'll bold that on our Google Doc. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would like that was. I'd like to see Pokemon actually take the the birthright and conquest idea and do that. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be. Yeah. You, to give you a little bit more value for your money when you're buying both. Yeah. To have rather than the two versions of Pokemon that come out every year be, hey, here's the two versions, so that you have to either buy two copies to get all the Pokemon or trade, or trade. Yep. Yep. I would rather they did that they played with it in X and Y section Y gave you was it X and Y no, black, black, and white. black and White Black and White gave you different one city that was different on both yeah. of them yeah. Um, and then the big difference with Sun and Moon is that the times are switched so if you yeah. so daytime is nighttime and Moon basically yes it's all tied to the real clock so. yes but um, not really enough I, yeah, it does, I, you don't notice the difference I mean, you, it depends when you play the game. If you usually play the game during the day, you would notice when your game was entirely in night. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. But True. then the difference between night and day in Pokemon is literally just a slight graphics change and some different Pokemon. The, the one little thing I did notice tied to that internal clock was I play late into the morning, like one, two, three. So it's always nighttime for you. Yeah, it's always nighttime for me. If you Moon. It would be always daytime. daytime. Yeah. Yeah. But when you go to the poker center, she'll go, My my, you're up late. <laughs> yeah, I That's find crazy. that, yeah. But even if it's like six o'clock <laughs> Yeah. It's like, like I'll play it on the way home, five o'clock. You my my remember, you're up late. You have to remember, it's a kids game. <laughs> oh. Kids should be in bed by half four. <laughs> um so yeah, best RPG game of the year. Fire Emblem Fates, Birthright slash Conquest slash Revelation. <laughs> um Runners up are Pokemon Sun and Moon and Final Fantasy Fifteen. Cool, that's pretty good. And that wraps up our first podcast for Game of the Year twenty sixteen. Uh, we'll we'll be, back. be back soon. I assume we're going to put. The, we should probably talked about this before. We'll, we'll, we'll be, be back, back tomorrow. tomorrow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with part <laughs> two. Or uh, yeah, no, we'll be back tomorrow with part two. No, we'll be back tomorrow with part three. <laughs> we're just going to talk about seven, random orders. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, part two where we're going to go into best soundtrack, best surprise and a couple other categories.
you then. Bye.